You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Hey, baby. <laughs> Come to butthead. Something good for ya. Everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast where the two of us sift through the bullshit. There's been a lot of it lately. Try to find a little something good to give you. I am one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and sitting beside me as always, as always, the one and only Captain Nunn. What's going on, everybody? Yes, yes. Figured it was about time to finally get back up on the horse, do these regular weekly episodes, because we've been doing a lot of shit in the background when it comes to the podcast network and this show in general. Yeah. And figured, you know, it's like Halloween is coming up. If you have not paid attention on our Patreon, we've been doing a bunch of shit over there, but... We can't let Halloween slide over here on the Something Good For You podcast. So before we hit you with a Halloween episode, figure we'd at least need to ease you back in and kind of hit you with some normal episodes, get back into the flow of it again. And we'll explain what's caused all that delay later on in the show. Well, that's because we're both uh, kind of pursuing our own individual careers and, uh, you know, whether it's media or being a working musician and things like that, too. It's like uh, this time last year, we were kind of, you know, getting started doing all that you know, full time with our uh, planning our own schedules and mm-hmm. really trying to get uh, both of our uh, solo solo careers our own like individual I mean, careers correct, off though. the yeah right off the ground like i'm a i'm a working musician now and uh, you're a, wor- a working uh, media person personality yep. and everything like that now too yeah no and 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 honestly it for me at least it kind of got to the point where you know when we we did an episode a few months ago uh, kind of like in mid August you know we ran through all September didn't do one you know even though we were doing a bunch of shit it's like I started kind of thinking about what the content of those shows were going to be and half of it was just going to sound like us just being braggy and I was just oh, I know like it. you know it's like well there, there still haven't been any like funny or interesting things that aren't you know telling stories outside of school that you know we can't really you know talk on so it's like it just took a little bit of time for us to finally get also between like you were saying the work schedules us trying to get ourselves to the place we want to be and then also having something else to talk about other than well, what have we been doing? Well, I've been doing this, this, and this, and this, and this. It's like, ah, uh, that doesn't make for necessarily a great podcast. No, it's just like we kind of be, I'm a friend of mine, I used to joke about it. We call it the Ronnie Rundown <laughs> conversation. It's like okay. I've done the, it's like Ronnie Rundown. Who's Ronnie? Well, it's like, <laughs> yeah, Ronnie Rundown will tell you about uh, his day about, well, I did, uh, went to the studio today and then this, and then I went and uh, played this show at this, this, and this, and then I did this. I didn't ask you about what your career was. I asked you how your day was. I didn't right. ask you what you did and mm-hmm. that kind of deal. Yeah. And I, and I would get, in, and I would catch myself doing that with like, say, uh, my, mother or like my brother and stuff mm. like that because I'll talk with them like every now and then uh, my mom called me on it too going like you sure do talk an awful lot about uh, this that and the other well that's my life mom yeah. you know so well that is kind of a tightrope to walk a little bit too you know especially for people like you and I where you know our day to day life 
does consist of what we do and you know uh, so it's like <laughs> exactly but it's, it's almost like i'm becoming my dad in that aspect too because uh my mom would always talk shit about my dad like talking about nothing but the cotton business or what's going on in the industry this week or this that and the other pertaining to uh you know what he's doing with his job and all that too and it would just right. drive her nuts <laughs> well, well why would it drive her nuts because was it coming from a place of being like he's so invested in the work or a little bit of that and uh and he's also very passionate about it so he's just talking about all the little ins and outs of it and everything like that too and she just you know could not care less about any of that yeah you know? no. she's not a, it's like she married into it but you know she wants to talk about you know what she's been watching or like you know what's going on with her a little friend with her friend group and uh, all that stuff or bridge she plays a lot she plays a lot of bridge well if your folks are anywhere the same age as my folks you know that's also a different generation where the guy don't want to talk about that you know, it's like he don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know, he's he's very invested in his own career in life. So is that's that's also just a generational thing, I think. It, a I little think bit. so, especially with a, a regional thing generationally too with uh, my parents because okay, it yeah. is like very like old school Southern like that. So not not you know racist old school Southern or anything there's like a that. But there's <laughs> definitely a difference. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but actually at the top, uh, one of the things that did happen recently, and to actually give a little backstory before you even say what happened we didn't know we were in the running yeah um so and we and there was apparently a couple like rounds that we like made it through right so Uh, so yeah so that that's that's at least the lead in to even discuss why we're even bringing it up here because we feel like we're kind of behind the eight ball we 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 should have been talking about this sooner but we we just didn't know know. we didn't know about it but uh yeah uh best of the nest 2021 uh queen city nerve queen Uh, city nerve put us on a fucking pole yeah uh best indie rock band and and we were paired up against some people we actually knew and so it was kind of it's of course always humbling to you know get nominated for something but like we didn't get an email no No one told us not at all we've kind of had to figure it out on our own and voting does end at the end of the month so there's gonna be we need your help yeah i mean the link's gonna be in the bio you guys know what to do um if you guys feel like voting for us i think we're like question number 36 or 38 or something we're on the last page yeah uh, and this best indie rock band in charlotte and we've been nominated and i mean it's just fucking great to be nominated to start with because we've talked about on this show many times how it's been hard to kind of get any sort of local notoriety so at the same time i also do have to sit here and go well hey there's been a Type been change. A thing. There's exactly. been a thing that's happened. So at that same time, let's show these folks that, you know, hey, when we give the fill-ins a chance, they fucking prove us right. Exactly, because so, we're busting our ass. We've been like busting our ass harder than ever now that we, you know, we've got like, you know, a working unit that's gonna, you know, you know, truck ahead and uh, you know, go out of town and build a following, you yeah. know? So again, we'll, we'll linger on it too much. Just kind of wanted to, you know, we, we have we've not been in a polling situation like this in a while, outside of like you know some you know internet radio nominations and stuff, which we'll blast out on our Facebook. But nothing that actually has kind of held a little bit of water like this kind of does. Not like, locally. It, it, nothing locally, and and to me that does hold a little bit more something because it's the local industry recognizing. So that that again, extremely humbled and thankful just to even be nominated to start with but since we've not been nominated in so long let's fucking knock this out of the park yes. y'all Listen, <laughs> listeners go to queencitynerve.com and uh, follow all the polls and vote for the fill-ins yes and uh, a link for ours will be directly in the episode description and again we won't 
last and sit on that for too long. Just yeah. wanted to throw that out there for everyone first. But vote for us. But no, like, and also kind of on the uh, discussion of not just like bragging and kind of talking about everything we've done, you know, I'll, I'll go through and we'll kind of discuss a few of the shows we had done recently. But um, like you said, we've been kind of working on developing our personal skills, you know, so yeah. we can be independent contractors essentially. Um, well, with the stuff I've been doing, that season is winding down, you know? So it's like, you know, with the things I've been primarily doing, like running out on the road with like machines or with Tuck Smith, you know, doing video for them, running their merch, doing a little social media, X, Y, Z, you know, I've got a lot of video content saved up from both of those bands so I can continue to make edits and stuff, you know, while they're not touring. But, you know, much like them, my revenue comes when they're on the road. Right. Because, you know, I've got, you know, say a nightly rate or a weekly rate or whatever we work out in the moment um, or before we hit the road and then we you know do it up so if bands aren't touring i'm not getting as much income especially because i don't have a lot of local clients either <laughs> so hint, hint. so i've been kind of just looking for a little bit of a job to kind of supplement a little extra income you know i'm still doing okay but it's like still one of those like eh, if i want to you know keep myself sane i need to go ahead and take care of this like within the next month or two that that's, way i'm all right that's the thing about being in entertainment and like trying to maintain you know uh imp- income and all that you gotta bust your ass and just taking every little thing you can too oh yeah and it's like and and i take every little bit i can that's why you just see me on the road a lot but you know it's for some reason much like with the band it's been hard to get any sort of local base to see any sort of value in having shows recorded or you know their social media presence updated so you know until you know there's a group of locals that see value in that i still have to continue to hit the road and you know do everything else like that so while i'm having to trek up that hill at the same time i'm like well screw it i need to lead I at least need to find a job that I can, you know, still do some of the other stuff I do anyway. And I start kind of looking at my time frames. I'm like, ah, honestly, man, I'll pro- I probably could do a fucking nine to five again. It's like, I don't want to, but it's like, I, I probably could, even with the extra shit I've got going on, just go home, like do my usual shit, take like a fucking hour nap, wake up, get some coffee, you know, knock out some stuff, you know, be the insomniac I am, take my quick nap, just get up and just do my fucking office work again. And, but, it's like at the same time want to at least find something that's not going to make me just go the entire fucking time so it's like that way i would at least enjoy both aspects of it so yeah going through the job hunt and I, I've been doing a good handful of different interviews and I didn't even apply to a lot of places which was kind of surprising like I applied like three or four spots and I got like three interviews like only one place didn't call me back so I'm like okay yeah I'm not stressing I can find a job if I like put in just a couple little quick bullshit things and I'm getting these quick callbacks that's the thing about Charlotte it's like you can get a job like super easily in Charlotte yeah and, th- and that's why you've never seen me like stress it way too much because i'm sitting here going i'm like if it got down to like oh fuck i really need some fucking money i have faith in myself that within a week or two i could get something scheduled up and figured out even if it today being prime example i could have had it taken care of we'll get there but it's like even that like overnight i could have had it taken care of i mean how many times have we talked to friends that have like may or may not have been on this podcast too where they've talked about you know having a different job like every couple of months oh yeah yeah so you know jobs are bountiful and plentiful here you know you just have to find one that works for you Mm -hmm. well in the process of me trying to find one that works for me i was talking with this uh unnamed company um and essentially they worked as a direct marketing firm and direct marketing is anything between you know um 
face-to-face talking to um, calling back, you know, um, previous clients, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's a very large umbrella, you know, so right. to speak. So, and during the pitch, they were talking about all these uh, different companies that they're part of, you know, these different delivery services, different tech companies, you know, different cell phone companies, and they all represent it and they do like brand strategy where they try to, you know, boost the brand, you know, and increase the market share, X, Y, and Z, all this stuff that like really hits home. And I'm like, sweet, yes, there is a market for the stuff I've actually been a little bit educated on now. Sweet. And they hit me up. It was one of the companies I didn't even reach out to. They reached out to me and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. You found my application and whatever. And they call me, do a quick little interview. I do, and then I do a zoom interview two days later, they hit me back up, you know, and it's like, and I could kind of smell the tactics they were doing anyway, but I'm just still kind of following along. Cause cash yeah <laughs> and that's always the ones that you don't apply to because i was in your spot like say january or before christmas where it's like i would get hit up by companies like that that i didn't even apply to but you know folks like that are always looking for work as i imagine the turnover rate for for uh, spots like this are just constant oh yeah so you know but everything they were explaining i was like okay that sounds good you know i'm looking over the paperwork you know everything looks good the way the interview is going you know the way he's explaining the way the company works the way they make income xyz Everything sounds cool. Well, they're like, when can you start? I was like, well, I've got some stuff going on at the end of the month. I said, as long as you can work around that, I can start tomorrow. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, we'll see you tomorrow. I'm like, just like that. Yeah. I was like, "Uh, okay, fantastic. I'll, I'll see you at nine. So I get all dressed up, ready to roll. I head on out there and they finish filling out the paperwork. And as I'm filling out the paperwork, all of a sudden the front desk lady puts on like this bumping rap music in like the fucking lobby and i'm like okay they're they're a little bit more relaxed here i'll i'll take it sweet you know they're, they're not gonna say shit about me having tattoos fuck yeah and then uh one of the nobody uh, speak nobody get choked dude <laughs> lyrics i can't repeat on the podcast right and i'm just like and i'm like all right cool that this is where i'm at now that this is all right um the one of the uh people that was uh doing my interview uh was uh, the one training me today so she invites me back and she was asking the question she says all right i see the tattoos are you a musician are you an artist you know what is it? i said well kind of all of the above i said you know do blah 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 and blah i gave her the quick rundown oh, okay cool 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 um she's like well uh here's a script and she hands me like this, like it, what looks like a little dummy script. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'm, I'm have to probably call some people, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. So I start kind of re- looking over it. It's pretty basic, very easy. I'm sitting here going, I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I can throw on a personality. I can rock this. This is fine. And then she goes, all right, cool. Well, we're going to go in the, um, I forget what she called it. It was like the environment room or something like that. The environment room. All right. <laughs> and she goes, it's going to get a little loud in there. And I'm like, okay, dude, when I tell you I walked into the Wolf of Wall Street, oh my God, I'm not fucking kidding, dude. It was a room of whiteboards across the entire room. Holy shit. And there was blaring music in there about another 20 people. Everyone was writing stuff on the chart. 
hollering, screaming, doing all this shit. And she's like, and, and my training lady's like, all right, get your notepad ready. All right, we're going to first, we're going to talk about the breakdowns of this, that, and the other. And she's writing all this shit down oh like lightning God. speed. And she's got like an accent too. And I was a fucking shithead musician that didn't put in earplugs for like <laughs> the longest time of my career. So I'm sitting here in this loud, noisy room and she's like rapid firing this information at me and I'm holding this notebook kind of like look at like dead shit like it felt like a fucking movie there was one moment in which I wasn't doing anything I wasn't even processing I was just looking at the whiteboard looking back at my notepad looking back at the whiteboard and just going oh shit <laughs> you could have been like uh, can I get some coffee coffee is for closers oh. motherfuckers oh, dude <laughs> so quick little sad thing on my coffee so it's like I get up this morning take a shower fucking ran out of hairspray as I was getting ready and that pissed me off so my hair foot fucking looked like garbage all day and then um, I get about halfway through with my coffee and I could feel it kind of like buzzing me a little bit like i've already felt pretty awake because yeah. i was already thinking about the day and the coffee now is just kind of making me feel a little buzzy and jittery yeah so i was like all right cool i'm actually gonna like toss this because by the time i get in there get settled you know start making a phone call or two or start sitting in on a few business you know or uh, consultations or you know however you know the way they're describing it you know, I'll be able to kind of get nerve settled and this will actually, I can kind of get my, I was already like planning my body out. I was like, I know by the time I get in this kind of spot with this, this and this, I can get my body all the line. Everything will be fine. Dude, I wish I had had that coffee now because I'm sitting there in this fucking blaring room. Boom, 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 boom. And it's like, and she's like, uh, with the three steps of this, and we're, we're going to keep it. And, and dude, I've got the notebook upstairs. I bet you I can't read the notes because I am like trying to write at like lightning speed shorthand all the shit she's telling me. And she's like asking me questions as I'm like writing shit down. And I'm like, what? What? I'm sorry. I'm. And so it's like I started kind of like exaggerating a little bit i'm like i'm hard of hearing i said i can't hear you i said we're wearing masks i said there's a whole bunch of noise going oh on oh my in god here. so she's like yes yes oh my god so it's just like i'm like and then she goes uh all right it's gonna be about time for me here soon yeah yeah, yeah. so we start like pra- and then she's like starts having me like practice the pitch with her yeah and then she like starts talking to like body language and all this shit and then it really starts connecting when she started talking about body language and shit. And I was like, okay, you're going to have to talk to we, people. We're doing, a, we're doing a lot more face to face than mm. what they were saying. Okay. Well, all right, whatever, whatever, you know? And it's like the entire time I'm still just like, okay, you know, just nothing's ever exactly what you think it's going to be, you know, whatever you've done this shit before, you know, whatever. So, and, and I'm just like, but apparently they like Wolf of Wall Street. You know, yeah. that, that was my vibe the entire time. And I'm sitting there going, like, is this like the later part of the movie, like Big Room Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. Or the first part? Okay. I was assuming it was like the first part of the movie. We're in that shitty, they're in that shitty little office. No, no, no. <laughs> they, they, had, they had a nice little rented office and a little community workspace thing. Uh, so, okay. so, ima- so imagine like a WeWork building, yeah. but actually leasing to separate businesses, not a, le- a community workspace. <laughs> Not like the like the the cult we work fucking spaces like that one dude was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Th- this is like uh, the closest comparison I could describe is like um, 
uh, you've been downtown, right? Yeah. Like Epicenter and shit mm-hmm. like that. Um, it's kind of like an Epicenter, but instead of it being like outward facing businesses, you kind of walk in like it's a, uh, like it's a, um, apartment building. Okay. And then you look at the directory and it says like, this business is on this floor. This business is on that floor. Gotcha. That kind of shit. They that, had one of those buildings. That was my uh, first job experience too, actually here in Charlotte, but we can get into that here in a second. Oh yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, so it, it was one of those buildings. It was a legit office. It wasn't like you know someone's garage or some of that shit and it was like it, it was definitely the big room and the reason it was the big room shit is as soon as the meeting started they started doing that chanting shit oh god so they do yes. so they go out and like fucking get hammered and shit afterwards probably oh dude here's the thing on the you know the entire time i'm trying to process everything that's happening but at the same time during this meeting, dude faces going, all right, so we've got, and, th- and this was the thing that wound up really kind of setting me off slash confusing me later. He goes, all right, we've got some events coming up, the set and the other. We got some coming up in Atlanta, you know, and everyone's like, hey, you know, we got some coming up in New York. Hey. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm like, all right, all right, cool, cool. And it's like, you know, and it's like, and you know what? We're even going to send out two of our best salesmen out to LA for an event. And there's, oh, you know, all that shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So it's like Howard Dean. We're going to Delaware. We're going to Vermont. I know this is a data reference. Oh, but I know exactly (laughs) what you're saying, though. But no, so I'm just sitting here. I'm like, okay, all right. So. They, they they put their money where the mouth is. All right, so they they try to live the life. I'm I, I can get behind this a little bit, you know. All right, I'll, I'll still kind of hear it out. I'm still wigging out a little bit over the whole <sighs> just that intense sales culture. Yeah, like because the, it was just like thrown in the fucking deep end of it, man. And and and, the, and it was the problem with it. And it and it connects back to some other little things that I've had conversations with before with other people, but. And I've had this comparison with you before too. Is there's a difference between like a Gibson Les Paul and like you know an Epiphone Les Paul? Yeah, you know there 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 is such a constructual difference. What was it? What is the difference? It's it's from the sister brand, you know. It, you know, it's, but but no, it's the wood, it's the intonation, it's little it's, things, it's all the little bits. So I don't have a problem with a hyped up workplace. Um, camaraderie and even a bit of like crowd participation you know hey kind of shit but dude when i'm telling you the meeting had music bumping the entire time and people like grooving and like they had like this whole chanty song to introduce everyone it was obnoxious yeah it it, i don't you, I can barely remember what they were saying, but it was kind of in the rhythm of like, that's some shit they do. That's some shit they do at like Walmart or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but dude, it wasn't like that didn't end it. It was that, and then they'd say someone's name. So we're standing in a circle, and then they'd say someone's name, and they'd like run into the circle and do like the hey, like doing the high fives or the elbow <laughs> bumps, you know, around in the circle while everyone's still. I'm just giving it this bullshit. I was picturing you going like, dude, my name is 
That's really what it felt. So and it's like, and I'm not gonna be a bad sport about it. It's like it's early in the morning. It's really hard for me to turn this part of my brain on. But it's like I'm doing my best. I'm trying to bob. You know, I'm I'm you know giving folks high fives as they go around. You know, when he calls me out, I was you know I was among the two new hires. You know, when he calls me out, you know I play along. I roll in the circle. You know, I'm trying to remember the chant. You know, I'm I'm doing all the things. And uh, this whole thing lasted about a good 15 minutes. Not all the chanting and shit, but like, but he would like say shit and like in a kitchen, like if the head chef calls out an order, you know, it's like we got, you know, we got two burgers, a fried steak and and, uh, three sides of fries all day. Heard. Everyone just yells back. Heard. That means gotcha. You don't got to repeat your shit. They were doing that same sort of mentality, but they were using the word juice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so like every time he'd say something, fucking everyone like a goddamn congregation, juice, juice. <laughs> All right. So that hasn't made me walk out yet, but I'm sitting here going, I'm like, "All right, there's some Jordan Belford fucking Wolf of Wall Street like, shit going on here." This is just day one. Let's see how this ends. Exactly. I'm like, "All right, cool, whatever." So I, w- I wish I had this in my fucking sales job. Jesus Christ. But, well, well, so but again, the difference being, so I feel like I'm kind of hopping around. It's been a fucking crazy day. But the reason I was making the guitar comparison is like, if it was like good chance, if it was like shit that didn't feel so cheesy. Yeah. I could probably buy into it a little bit more because but it just felt so cheesy. It felt so by the book. It felt corporate. Yeah, cuz I'll see videos of like shit like I mentioned before like what Walmart does with yeah. their employees and shit like that just to get them, you know, put on a good face to deal with all the bullshit they got to deal with on a day-to-day basis too. Yeah, and it's like and that's a little different. This guy is doing like pep talks for like selling shit, yeah. like, and not even for like you know not selling like AT and T accounts or Verizon no. accounts or some shit like that. I'm sure the AT and T and Verizon folks don't do this. They would do, they would do the Jordan Belcourt shit probably if and like, well, actually get shit done. Well, you know, and and again, I don't want to say you know what company this was, but you know, a few of those you just mentioned were clients of theirs, yeah, which is what really made me interested when I was applying because they were like, we do work with some of these companies i was looking at some of them were tech and cell phone companies and i'm like shit if they've got me selling you know some businesses you know some you know company lines you know say say a new startup companies you know emerging and they need you know cell phones for all their folks you know oh yeah let me talk to them let me see if i can hook them up with a good plan you know that's what it's feeling like this sort of sales job is going to be by everything they've talked about up to this point everything they've talked about sounds like it's like you work with clients in person or over the phone or over email that way you try to get them as you know larger clients that way you can keep them for a while we're the middlemen to build brand awareness and build you know x y and z i feel like that's a lot of charlotte companies because like one of the jobs i got to they pitched the idea that we would be like pitching uh, or uh, trying to you know get accounts where they had accounts through at&t verizon t-mobile this that and you the know other. what i bet you we may have signed up for the same fucking or the same company hit us up was the uh, <laughs> where, where was your office uh close to uh uh, the arena downtown. Okay, the one I went to was right they, off. They of, may have uh, moved offices. I went to an office that was right off of uh, the Clanton Road, not the Clanton Road exit, but the one uh, right down uh, the one uh, 
uh, exit off of 77. That's the very next one where okay. the uh, second and Charles is and all that. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, not that far down. No, my mom was pretty close to downtown, right behind the um, um, Panthers Stadium. Okay, because I feel like that that has to be a thing in Charlotte. It's more well, at least I mean, that's well, my, it's, it's a thing that's everywhere, my, but it's, it's definitely everywhere, bo- it's but. definitely booming in Charlotte. But again, I'm I'm still being a good sport. I'm like, okay, this is all a little weird, but I, I can fall into it if 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 what they're saying money wise lines up I, I can line into this no problem and and they kept explaining it they were like you know there's basically like four uh different positions here uh your your basic sales training you know sales position this is going to last anywhere between you know three to six weeks you know then we're going to get you up to account you know specialist that way you know you can do x y and z you're going to be in that position for roughly three to six months what it was it going to be all commission based and all no that no base pay and a commission like there was so many ah, little things okay. and i'm just like okay all right so like they, they had me hook, line, and sinker like all the way through. And then she goes, well, we've got an event today. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, all right, I guess I am immediately getting the face-to-face interactions. All right, cool, cool. Well, I get to see how they work, you know, it, like, you know, a trade show or a little event, you know. I wonder what we're doing. Are we setting up at a park? Is there going to be, like, a music event? You know, we're kind of, like, bringing people over and kind of talking to them about stuff. You know, and I'm not even going to say what we were doing, but we were we were trying to get people to place money down on an intangible item, yeah. essentially. So. When I find that part, I'm like, okay, well, that's going to be a little bit of a struggle. If we had a little bit of a product we were selling or something that, you know, is something consumer friendly or something that people really want, we'd probably be a little bit more, you know, we're just trying to build brand awareness. But, you know, this feels a little bit more like sales, sales, sales. But, you know, all right, cool, whatever. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's still going to be fun. It's going to be some sort of an event. We get there and we're in a grocery store parking lot by ourselves and we've just set up a tent and we're talking to people coming in and out of the store. And it took about 10 minutes for me to kind of walk up to the lady training me and I went, is this our daily thing? And she's like, yeah, direct marketing. I'm like, right. Direct marketing is a very large umbrella. I was say it's a very you make the term uh, direct bar- marketing very vague, ma'am. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, I'm just like, you are correct. This is direct marketing, but when you said events. I didn't think this was the events you were talking about. I thought it was like trade shows or like if there's a little music festival going on, we set up a booth, you know, and talk to people and, you know, solicit people like that even or, you know, direct marketing, you know, calling folks within our direct market. You know, I said, you know, I said really in essence, I said, this is kind of, kind of like cold calling in person. Yeah. It, it ended super acclimably. And she was like, you know, if anything changes, definitely let us know. I want to find another position for you here. And I'm like, okay, I will. I've still got other interviews lined up. I'm not that concerned. But yeah. it was still just it was still just one of those where I'm just like I was willing to fall into all the other crazy bullshit, but like when I find out it's an organization that's not tech based, something that's going to be really hard for me to get into. And then the pitch has cheesy shit like, but before I go any further, how old are you? Because, you know, I'm at least this age and you you, you seem to be a little younger than me. Like bullshit, cheesy shit like that in the fucking pitches. And I'm just like, ah. 
this isn't talking to people on a real sales basis. So the, not even like uh, pitches that uh, train you to uh, respond to, like, say, negative responses. It's like, oh, I don't know about this. Well, what about the, the yada, yada, yada? Because that was like the one thing they taught us at the one sales gig I oh, had. Well, well, they always teach you that. Uh, the, you're going to basically learn that in any sales role. Right. Um, I, mean, I mean, I was even taught that working at Dillard's, you know. So it's like, you know, when, when I was selling, when I was selling uh, fragrances, you know, we'd, uh, let's say uh, Armani representative came in. So they were like, hey, today you need to push the Armani brand. It's like, okay. So it's like you stand in the fucking aisle with the, you know, the sampler carts and you try to, you know, into, it's, it was literally that. It was literally that. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds the exact same thing. And, that's, <laughs> and so, okay. So using that as the basis, I explained to her, I was like, look. I said, I've been in this spot before. I know I can do this. I said, but this isn't what I'm trying to make my job. I said, and it didn't really seem like that's what the job description was. I said, I didn't think this was the events you were talking about. And they're like, oh, oh, well, in in uh, when you get uh, to the third promotion, you actually get to pick your clients that you work with in X, Y, and Z, but you have to get through the basic training first. And I'm like, Right. No, no, no. I get that. I said, I'm cool with like not picking my immediate clients and, you know, hand selecting them and going out and, you know, making these connections. Yes, I need to have training first before I go into that. Um, but I didn't think that training was going to be standing outside a grocery store uh, talking to people in and out coming of the thing. So like, <laughs> I was like, like that there, there's there's different lines and limits to it. And I'm, I'm sorry. I know I could be better suited doing other things. Things. It feels like every sales entry uh, spot in Charlotte is either uh, setting up shop, you know, in parking lots and stuff like that, and doing uh, you know direct sales air quotes, you yeah, know, uh-huh. or uh, you're doing commission based work, like say for insurance companies and things mm-hmm. like that too, where you got to build a you know a x x amount of you know sales in order to get your next promotion and stuff like that. So there's either way, it just sucks. Oh yeah. And it's like, um, and it's like, and I've got a few other interviews that line up a little bit more with what I was describing. <clears throat> and it's like, and, and there are plenty of like administrative jobs out there. But with any skill set, with like any like job scenarios, like, uh, but it's as much as important as what you know is. What's equally as important is what you don't know. Oh yeah, and it's like, and I know that I'm not the strongest in that aspect or like and it knowing doesn't come, what you don't know yeah rather. and it's like and it's not doesn't come from a place i don't want to improve i think i can improve and i would like to improve but if there's different aspects of my life that i feel like i've got a better handout or i'm a bit more of a natural at it seems a bit counterintuitive to not focus on that to become even better at it to be the absolute best in that trade exactly rather than just kind of looking at it going hey i'm good at that so i'm not going to focus on that at all and have that be a part of what is my income or is my life i'm going to look at something that i'm not good at and work that hill up to get to the point to where i feel like the natural of the other thing even though it won't fully connect i don't know it's it's, kind of, well it's kind of like where i'm at right now too with like you know doing music and whatnot too because like my goal ultimately is to have my own place and run a studio it's like i can write songs i can you know put you know pieces of music together my weakness is engineering i know i'm a shit in well not a shit in well i can do like basic stuff with like mixing with mixing and mastering but i am such a novice with the engineering side of things and i know that and i'm working to get better in that and i'm gonna need help with that because you know i'm not so technically uh savvy in a lot of ways yeah but you but you have you you've overcome that in a lot of ways and you've kind of pushed yourself past it to the point where 
I've not heard you have like a single main question about recording and shit. And I know you've been knocking out mixing and mastering and tracking and everything else. So it's like you figured it out. You know, you, you had to do it and you did it. Yeah, that's just what it takes. And like I'm no expert in it by any means, but it just, you know, it just takes, you know, that whole saying of, you know, putting your 10,000 hours of experience to where you'll become an expert at it. And mm-hmm. I just don't have the tools at my disposal right now to do it. But once I do, you know, we'll figure it out from there. I exactly. just got a, I just got a drum kit and, you know, and that's why I got, that's why I got the drum kit. I'm learning how to play the drum so I can, you know, wrap my head and how to, on how to do it and how to talk to drummers if I need them to do X, Y, and Z for anything. Exactly. So let's even like, so, you know, I'm sure that, you know, there may be some people that are in the sales um, category that are listening to some of the things I'm saying and they're like, well, you know, it is good. If you are pretty decent at something, it is always good to, you know, hone in your other skills. That way, you know, you can be, you know, X, Y, and Z. Well, let me even use your comparison. Okay. You are aware that you need help with the engineering side. Yeah. But you also just said you don't have the things at your disposal disposal immediately to help you with learning about engineering so what have you done in the meantime you got a drum kit and you're learning how to drum so that in essence when you get up to the point of learning how to be an engineer you are now a drummer a bassist and a guitarist and budding vocalist so now you can track all your shit at your by yourself for practice and learning engineer on your own time and not only that communicating these things with with, uh, you know, folks that need to be communicated with when and the hardest people to kind of convey that to are little ADD riddle kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from oh, eight yeah. to six from like eight to 14 or whatever. But, you know, that's kind of like a fun little hurdle to jump over as far as, you know, kind of breaking down those barrier barriers. Yeah, because I have adult I have a couple of adult uh, students that need help every now and then with what they're doing and with them since you know they're already kind of uh, with adult musicians that already know how to play all you're doing with them is just kind of figuring out little nuances and stuff like that but it's all you know it's still all learning curves and you're still kind of like building up your uh, knowledge as you go along and it's mm-hmm. never like a, a moment of I've made it as such and such you're always going to be learning in a cre- oh, and yes. that's, that's probably just every creative field but uh, you know music is my thing so and that's just one of those things where like we talk about you know uh, uh, knowing what you don't know. So I'm mm-hmm. figuring out that and overcoming what I don't know at the same time. Exactly. And it's also like I don't have any, you know, direct, in their eyes, direct marketing experience. It's not like I've not been in front of people my entire life. It's not like I've not done cold calling for over a year for a fundraiser company. So it's, it's not like I wasn't reading a script off that entire time. So I, I've got experience in that field. That so it's like, so I know what I'm good and not good at. Yeah, that was my first job in Charlotte. Was what cold, was that one? It was cold calling for a publications company where I would sell uh, ad spaces as big as you know business cards to uh, full page ads for say collegiate programs from football, basketball games, sporting events. And see, man, even if it was that sort of position, I probably wouldn't have left today because even though that's still not really what I wanted to have done, I feel like that sort of pitch it would be easier for me to do like selling advertisement you know and that wasn't so bad for like say the first week and it paid well and i you know would get you know commission for every sale i would make and everything too but when you're there like you know three months into an eight hours a day reading the same pitch Mm -hmm. you know not moving from your desk and the people that you work with aren't that cool (laughs) 
you know, people and that turnover rate was like brutal too at the office too. It's like I basically got the job through like my buddy uh, Josh Chandler, who's mm-hmm. um, you know I always see every now and then who flies planes planes now. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Josh Chandler. He probably didn't listen to the podcast, but shout out to him anyway. <laughs> one of my best friends. But yeah, no, uh, but it was like through that, and uh, you know, we all kind of that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth and for for Charlotte for a little bit. Like uh, I was sitting here, like you know, we get like breaks every now and then. I would go outside and be like, "Fuck, is this what I moved to Charlotte for? <laughs> it was that bad." Oh, dude, I feel I, I feel you. It's like the person that was training me moved from Chicago to be part of this company. Oh my god, yeah, that poor bastard. <laughs> yes, and, but again, it's like, and but it's like the the thing that I cannot speak negative on them on is they apparently have a proven system because it's like you know the people that were there you know and was moving on up you know so it's like they were doing shit but i don't know and and, you know what what you were talking about you know eight months in the day in day out see i'm not even concerned about that aspect because i don't mind getting in a position that has a high turnover rate because i don't plan on staying there fucking forever either no you know it's like i'm i'm literally doing this to pick up some holiday cash and to get a little bit of an extra nest together so i can go back out and do my shit again yeah so it's like this is literally just a pickup job to say to sop back a little bit more cash and you know oh. just ride my shit out again when it gets spring and summer and that's a great <laughs> that's a great way to look at it like when i took this job i figured this was going to be the answer to all my problems <laughs> financially and this that and the other it was the answer to my problem financially for a minute but yeah. you know mentally it was the shits yeah no and i and i think that's also what what made me so lackadaisical about just kind of being like no no i don't i don't think so as i'm even sitting here going i'm like i know i could even find like a phone service job a, a job that I know I would hate in a year, but yeah. I can muster through for like four months, I feel five like, months, I, something like that. <laughs> I feel like I could go back in the restaurant industry and have more fun than I did in that in that uh, first job. Oh yeah, and it's like, and that that would be a last ditch effort for me mainly, just because I know restaurant gigs sometimes just aren't that conducive for band life because I've been in that before. I mean, a, a kitchen jobs at least. Well, the thing about band jobs is that we are basically on the restaurant schedule anyway. <laughs> exactly. So that that's the problem. <laughs> It's like the one they would need me the most is when I'm going to be gone the most. So mm-hmm. I, I can always fall back into kitchen work and, you know, and it's like, and I'm probably not going to end up doing that, but exactly what you said, you know, there's always so many little things and, and, but yeah. So I guess just the knowledge of there are so many of these jobs in Charlotte, it's I'm, real I'm, with them. I'm not going to feel bad for popping out halfway through today. There's, I, I could find another boring desk job that, I'll sit and muster through for like five months to get a little bit of a nest and then boogie again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't, ha- I don't have to stand outside a grocery store no. <laughs> because with what we do, like we say, there's like dead parts of the year, like say yeah. during the holidays and stuff like that. And you know, once and it's always seasonal and stuff like that too. And folks got to understand that too when they're hiring guys like us on and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and and it's like, and again, I'm not stressed. And I've got another interview tomorrow. There's another Zoom interview tomorrow afternoon. A, a callback rather from another company that honestly I was kind of had my eye on a little bit more. And I was like semi annoyed that like these guys were like getting me in so quick. It's this company that I'm getting the callback for tomorrow was a lot more transparent with like what they did, and I'm just like ooh. Ooh, that was the one I kind of had my eye on anyway. Mm-hmm. So I got a callback for that one. So I'm, I'm actually excited about that one. This was more or less the, well, they wanted me right now and they're hiring me tomorrow. And fuck it. Immediate cash. Why the fuck not? You know, that kind yeah. of thing. And, and then it's like I got into it and I'm like, I'm not hurting yet. 
Nope. <laughs> so you're at a point where you can pick and choose like that. Yeah. It's like, if it gets dire, I'll hit her back up because it's like, again, I know I can do it. I'm just sitting here going, I'm like, ah, if I'm getting back into like a nine to five, this is not how I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do some mall shit before I do this again. <laughs> at least at the mall, I can just kind of hang out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Feels like the store is some, kind of like a glorified mall gig every now and then, but with guitars. <laughs> well, yeah, and see, and that's totally great. And, and see, shit. I mean, if in a perfect world, I'd like to find a fucking job that doesn't pay minimum wage. It's like a comic or record shop, but you're not going to find that. No, not at all. <laughs> that's going to be a minimum wage gig. And it's mm-hmm. like, if I'm going to get back in the workforce, it's not going to be a minimum wage gig. <laughs> no. And you would think, and I hate that it's, you can't have fun shit like that too, unless you own the joint or something like that. Or you know the guy. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, sometimes when you know the guy they try to get you at a lower level <laughs> face it you know you and me if we were in a record store would be like why the fuck we would be uh, like those guys in high fidelity like why the fuck are you buying that that shit sucks uh, and then a month later we're like why don't we have any sales <laughs> right <laughs> you turned away another customer yeah he was gonna buy some whack shit <laughs> he was gonna buy it though we still have to hold on to the whack shit <laughs> fuck him for his shitty music taste <laughs> But no, but uh, exactly what you're saying, though, you know, for the reason, you know, we even try, you know, getting back into the workforce, you know, so we can do the fun shit, you know, so it's like you you actually had a pretty good, cool gig recently. You said you got to play with like a sax or like a. Uh, oh, dude. Yeah. It's like over the weekend, uh, I got to play with a horn section with this uh, private gig I got. It was pretty fucking cool. We did. Uh, what songs did we do? We did. uh <laughs> Word up the fucking cameo song. Oh, shit. We made that work. We did. uh Bitch, the Rolling Stones cover. Damn it, now that we own the Rolling Stones money. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let's see, we did Money Money, the fucking Billy Idol version. Oh, no shit. Dun, 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 dun. And of course, like this private gig is like cover gigs and stuff like that. And uh, that's just what pays the bills, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can hear my inner Russ Ward right now. Oh, that's not rock and roll, man. It's like, well, I don't do that to, you know. <laughs> I do say so I do I do this kind of stuff to uh, you know get money like yeah. I don't do the fill-ins or like say this new band the splatter hearts or anything like that to get money I do these cover gigs and teach guitar to get money exactly. so go fuck yourself in a, <laughs> inner rock fan douchebag that would you know it inner 15 year old me that would you know shit on me for it <laughs> The one's like, what would Iggy Pop do? Well, Iggy Pop wouldn't have a fucking chance in this day and age, first off. Oh, God, no. And that, that's that, that's a completely separate rabbit hole we could go down. Like, so many of our favorite artists, how they would just not do anything today. But I don't think I've talked about how I got this private gig. Yeah, it was no, the most do it. Random, it was the most random thing. Uh, I talked about having an adult stu- a couple of adult students, and uh, one of them was an j- older gentleman who wanted me to t- teach him how to play slide guitar. So that's kind of been my in as far as like you know uh getting some stuff done here and there in charlotte music wise has been slide guitar and uh he uh had a situation with his band where his bass player uh had an unfortunate accident where he lost a fingertip oh shit yeah on his fucking like uh left hand his fretting hand oh my god yeah and uh that happened like uh the a Wednesday before they were booked to play a show in Asheville, and he hits me up uh, asking if I could if I was available that Saturday. Well, turns out I was. I was like, well, I don't have anything going on Saturday. What's uh-huh. what does the set look like? And it's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Almond Brothers, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin. You know, shit I've been listening to on all your generic classic rock radio stations for like twenty years and shit like God, that. So so. 
so when you get a set list like that though are you excited or is it a bit more of an eye roll it's uh, i'm excited because you know these are like le- like these guys that i'm playing with are legit rock and roll fans so like say the led zeppelin cover isn't you know say uh it's how many more times from the first album rolling stones like i mentioned it's bitch that's a fucking deep cut from the rolling stones even though we're playing you know we can't always get what you want and miss you by the way miss you is fucking all fun as shit to play on bass oh yeah i mean but at least it sounds like he's picking some like deep cuts yeah and he even told me like uh the Asheville gig was like for a wedding pre-party and uh they uh one of the uh the, the bridesmaids gets on stage with us to play Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. Uh, and okay, even, now you lost me. And he even tells me <laughs> over the phone, he goes like, we fucking hate that song. Me like, like, fuck Three Doors Down, fuck Kryptonite, but you know, it's the fucking wedding guest. We're going to play this song. It's like, all right. You know, you kind of go like, you him and haw wait your way through it, but it's only three or four fucking bass notes you and the and the fucking girl didn't and the girl doesn't even get through like two verses and it's done so she oh no because like she's shit-faced on stage <laughs> singing it with us too <laughs> that's the thing about this band we played a the crowds that are just like hammered these older like people that are just like you know white trash with money essentially yeah, yeah they're yeah. just like hammered all the time <laughs> And it's great. <laughs> and you were saying like it was outside of like this pool something? Yeah, it was out. It was off of uh, Sharon Road at, in this uh, dude's uh, backyard where it's facing a golf course. Okay. And uh, and they had this pool and they had a pool in the backyard, but they uh, covered the pool with uh, uh, glass plating over with like metal, like uh, st- like strong, like metal, like uh, what do you, what would you call it? Kind of like I, a, it's kind of like I, I've seen it before. It's kind of like floating material almost. Yeah, almost like that. But they cover the pool with it and they turn the swimming pool into a fucking dance floor. See, that's crazy. I've seen versions of that. I've seen like I've seen like plastic or glass pillars that they'll put in pools and i've seen like runway models do like the runway strip on that but it never seemed like solid enough for it to be like a dance floor it certainly is it sure as hell was i was just kind of like rolling my cabinet on top of it too going like all right this is sturdy as fuck good job and whoever did the engineering for this i don't know man part of me would just be too fucking scared (laughs) to roll my cabinet on that it's like even if i saw motherfuckers dancing on it i'd still be doing like the the sidestep around it <laughs> I don't know. Something about that still just seems like so sketched to me, man. <laughs> I don't know. I had fun though, but uh, it was one. But with these songs too, it's like I never like you know sought to learn how to play "Refugee" by Tom Petty on bass, right? But then you kind of figure out how to do it, and it's like, oh, okay, these are little nuances that they did on the record. That's cool and stuff like that. Same with uh, you know some like these other songs that you've heard like a zillion times, like say "Statesboro Blues" by the Almond Brothers yeah. or. Uh, uh, let's see. A lot of like eighty. There's like quite a few eighty songs too. That we even do. We do. We do. Fucking Tommy Two Tone, Jenny, eight six seven five three zero nine. We do that song. But I'm sitting there playing. Well, it's this. like you get. It's like we, we I roll about it, but at the same time we it's do. Like, but it's like. It's, it's, it's but then we play along with it. And it's like, no, oh, this song's actually kind of catchy. <laughs> so I was like, what are we doing? It's not that much different from Automatic Club. Who's kidding who? <laughs> Oh, and actually, speaking of, a quick plug on that, uh, you finally got your 7-inch here coming soon. Yes, we're going to be not sure what the release date on that is going to be as far as uh, getting physicals out to the public just yet, but I finally got test pressings for that, and uh, we'll be getting a digital release for a second single a year and change later, but (laughs) that's neither here nor there. We're getting it out there for you folks, and I know, and uh, folks, uh, you know, dug the first single, and I hope they dig the second single. uh, Single. 
as much. Honestly, man, I still like the second one. That's still my favorite. Like, like Automatic Love is really good, but like even when you were playing me the original demos, the second single was always the one I was like, ooh. I, there's, there's something about that one that always drug me in. That's still my favorite. Probably because that was the one I worked on the hardest, too, because I remember mm. like pitching an early version of it to Tuck, and uh, he goes like, the chorus needs to be stronger, and yada, yada, yada. And even and I, when I first pitched him like a demo of it, I put a key change on there, and he was giving me notes like, the shit's too clever. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've worked with him, you can hear all this yep, shit. Yep, everything yep. Too. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, we actually got to finally see the uh, the vinyl color, too, and the blue turned out the really nice. You're getting nice. turquoise vinyl, and this is the first time Third Man has pressed a uh, turquoise vinyl, too, so I'm stoked Ooh, about that. Very nice. So yeah, so... Uh, Hopefully pre-orders or shipments of that should be happening here pretty soon. But it's like there's finally some more movement on it. So we can kind of start pumping it back out and feeding it out into the uh, the mainstream again. <laughs> exactly. And uh, starting uh, starting a new band. We're doing a, cr- a continuation of the Grave Rollers. Uh-huh. Kind of, sort of. We're calling it the Splatter Hearts. You know, everybody's been calling it. We're calling it Splatter Hearts for now. You know, right. we're not like Russ Ward who can come up with a brilliant name that nobody's <laughs> fucking taking yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no it's like uh we're uh it's basically drat with marlo and brad mullins mm-hmm. uh former members of drat and myself and tiki of uh grave rollers we're playing drat songs and uh we're playing grave roller songs and a couple of brad mullins originals for a show that we have booked at tommy's pub on november 20th oh fuck yeah dude and we may have uh well we may have we're gonna have a special guest mm-hmm. on with a, on with us for a couple songs and let's just say he is mad oh shit yeah. okay Okay, yeah. I, I, I was thinking more Iron Dick, but no, <laughs> he ain't coming back up. <laughs> I can't get him to I can't get him to come hang when he for a concert when he's hit living here in town. Much less, I can't back get him to call Charleston. me back. So I mean, <laughs> we love you, Tony, if you're listening. But no, um, yeah, when you're talking about uh, hearing the stuff with Tuck, it's like yeah, it's like you know small little uh, recap on that dude i i cannot say enough how fucking cool new york was <laughs> i want to go to new york so bad i got there's this one singer i used to play with who wants to go to new york with me real bad but who knows if that's ever going to happen so yeah. i trust the feelings are going to get there before we do <laughs> dude if anything we'll just have to take a vacation or something just to go up there cuz it's like um i i rode along with tuck on the last uh, red he did which was um new york uh philly and pittsburgh and uh the night before we hung out in uh baltimore with uh hagen yeah and um but no new york though i loved it because we we weren't in rich new york you know we weren't in you know the ritzy parts you know we didn't do any of that it was brooklyn new york y'all were in like real fucking real fucking deal new york oh yeah dude and and that and that's what i enjoyed about it i was glad that it's like i still want to go to the ritzy fancy you know hoity-toity snooty parts of new york too i still want to see it but i'm glad that my first experience with new york was not that it it honestly like i don't know why I'm just I'm one of those weird types of people when when I was in the Brooklyn area I looked it up and I realized we were near Queens yeah it honestly felt Spider-Man-y and and that was the reason I was digging is because all the movies and everything shot in New York and shot in those areas. So the boroughs, the neighborhoods, the, all of that, it felt familiar. It felt real. And it's like, and dude, my theory is correct. You can put on the Ace Fraley solo record and Dynasty and both 
ooze New York. It sounded right in the city. Well, it really did. It's kind of like when I sounds like when I went to Vegas and went to Las Vegas, and my favorite part of it was actually going into like the actual like Fremont Street, you know, uh, you know, homegrown uh, area of Vegas, and not like the Strip where all the touristy stuff goes down. Like I love going into like towns like that and getting like the actual culture of it. Mm-hmm. And no, and, it's like, and everyone kind of in the van kind of had varying opinions of how much this would be hell to live in. It was like we were crossing over one of the bridges getting into the main city and uh, Tuck was pulling up the GPS. He's like, yeah, we're, we're 10 miles from the venue, a little over an hour to go. And it took us like an hour 30 to get there. So it took us like an hour and 30 minutes just to get 10 miles. So we were kind of stuck in the middle of it. And, you know, just kind of general, you know, oh, my God, you know, kind of complaining in the car. But as, as that's happening, I'm looking out the window and I'm seeing all these motherfuckers on these lime mopeds going by and on the lime scooters and on bicycles. And I'm sitting here going, I'm like, that's how I get around Charlotte anyway. I'm home because I don't have to go further than fucking four blocks to get all my shit done. No, you wouldn't need a car or anything like that. No. no like, it's... You don't need a car to live in New York. No, you, you don't. You, 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 it's like one of those, those, like, it'd be dumb if you got a car in New York to a mm-hmm. point. And, and it's like, it, but the one huge thing about New York, and it's like, that's what draws people in, is the no car and everything is so convenient and right there, and it's the city that never sleeps. You can always get everything you need. That's always what draws people in. But you and you always hear you can make big money in new york and that's true you know basic jobs in new york you can get pretty fucking good bank but the cost of living in new york is also huge Mm -hmm. so it's like until you're able to until you're able to be completely self-made money that no matter where you go you've got the income you really can't make it there You, you can't go there in hopes of making it you've got to have a good foot in the door either in a personal level or in a job level over there for you to actually make it work i feel like that's how it is with like a lot of places especially if you're trying to work in entertainment like whether it's new york or nashville or atlanta or wherever you're trying to like take your career to the next level mm-hmm. and, uh, and of course i enjoyed pittsburgh and philly but it's like i'd, I'd been to both of those before and uh, and this time philly was really fun because i was a little bit older and kind of being around it and pittsburgh is always just nice been there help we were even there a few, I know. With, a few years I ago i didn't get the i didn't get the pittsburgh experience other than the fucking hard rock cafe that the fucking bands played in but the outside patio of the hard rock was really pretty we got to look at the uh, the big skyline and it everything was, else it was cool i want to go to like the uh, actual like uh, mr small's bar that you know top mm-hmm. of them all i helped put together and all that too yeah and dude mr small's was cool as hell and um in um down over there and they what wigged me out about it was it was kind of set up like um the masquerade was in atlanta yeah. originally where you had heaven up or top and hell down the bottom and sometimes you'd have two shows going you know and that's pretty popular in some larger cities well mr small's fun house they've got like three levels to this bitch and come to find out gore was playing the same night Tuck was. That's so cool. <laughs> so Tuck's done, you can go watch, you know, Blood and Guts downstairs. Basically, yeah, because uh, you know, we got everything loaded in and uh we were going downstairs, you know, to get our food orders in and uh where we had to walk to go all the way to the bottom. I say there's three levels, there was more like four or five close to it. Right. But it's like cause the building was up on a slant. 
it was like a really steep hill and the building was built in such a way that like if you go in at certain angles at different entrance ways you can get in at different spots right it's, it's set up very odd but it's cool um but yeah so we're walking through the venue kind of weaving in and out of different parts to get to the basement and Right as we get into like what seemed like the really big main hall, it was roughly about the size of uh, Tremont's old big room or um, what I would imagine the current size of the new Amos's room is. Right. Um, a room about that size, huge and beautifully decorated. Like Ricky and I like immediately like just kind of pause. Like we both noticed like the aesthetic of the room immediately. We're like, whoa. And then we also immediately noticed that there is plastic everywhere like covering monitor speakers a lot of the panels because there was like velvety looking panels up on the ceiling and shit like all that's covered and we're like what's going on yeah we were like what's going on like both of us almost like turn at the same time and see the merch table we're like guar oh shit oh we're about to get all the (laughs) fake blood oh yeah pus and all that shit yeah it's like i wound up not boogieing down there but uh nigel and i think uh shane ended up like sneaking their way in and catching a little bit of the show i would i gotta see at least one guar show i'm I'm semi-interested but i don't know I, i wasn't I wasn't stressing it. I was more concerned to just staying upstairs. <laughs> no, you were you were working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't trying to sneak away and be like, I'm getting a free war show out of this. <laughs> yeah, I would have like at least two or three songs, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and the uh, the Philly date was pretty cool too. Uh, it it was cool because it was not at all what any of us expected it to be. Tiny uh, ass fucking room. <laughs> tiny tiny place, uh, Kyber Bar, and dude, Kyber is awesome. It really is. But loading drums up that thing, when when Jeff Williams says that is the worst load-in, load-out he's ever experienced, I'm not surprised. Dude, the stairs are steeper than ours. Jesus Christ. Smaller in width than ours. No. Like, in order to get cabinets up, we, we would have not been able to do the you know comfortable cabinet carry it would have to have been the on the side thing when you're carrying a kick drum upstairs you can't hold it on the side you've got to hold it like it's a big ass baby walking up there and god help you if you bring a fucking eight by ten fucking ampeg cab or some shit yeah no thank god these dudes rock the fucking vox you know eight by twelves or is that what it is uh like the thing you've got so the boxes they got the i think they got the bigger one than mine mine's the uh uh, 15. I think they got 30s. Okay. But either, uh, but either way, the, the dimensions are roughly about the same size. And there are base, and I think Shane's base cap's like a 610 or something like smaller, definitely smaller than like an 810 or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, so it, it, it worked out. I think actually we used the base rig there. I think we didn't Good even, call. I don't think we even Good bothered. Call. I don't think we even, I think he just put his head on the cabinet they have there. I don't think we even bothered taking it up. Yeah, I'd have been like, y'all got a house cab, right? Yeah, I'm using that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he just brought his head up. Uh, and yeah, and it's like in the size of the stage, Tuck could only use one of his boxes. He couldn't do like a stack. He had oh, to, was that tiny? Oh yeah, he had to set it up on the side. Sounds like if we try to like play that Roanoke uh, spot or whatever, and like you know, kitty catty corner that into a fucking stage. Okay, yeah, catty corner it and actually make it a stage with a lift. <laughs> so it's like you couldn't like spread it out if you wanted to. You were sectioned. So just the same, that similar amount of space. Or lack it, of space. Honestly, it reminded me of the old Tommy's Pub. If Tommy's Pub had a stage, oh my god! But a lot deeper. Still, yeah, like a little wide, but like the stage area, roughly the same. Okay, so it's like you got room for like 
all your shit, but barely, barely, exactly, yeah. barely. Yeah, and and, the, and like I said, the load in super steep stairs, super uh, like narrow. It was oh god, that, that that's so far the only load in I've been a part of. I mean, like you've got to be fucking kidding me (laughs) everything else has been like okay regular shit you know weave around this move around this whatever no this was one of those you've got to be shitting me moments (laughs) all the big tours are just kind of rocking and rolling like nothing has happened like i keep hearing stories about like oh about uh, all the band every tour i've been wanting to see like uh, oh the rolling stones were great the other night no sounds nice oh alice cooper was great the other night no that's cool (laughs) oh yeah well it's like uh definitely some of the major acts are still pulling on through um but but we still see every so often you know whether it be major label or you know right above the indie level you know motherfuckers still catching the sickness and having to you know call, call off shows oh yeah but it's it's almost like that's just the norm at this point it's so nonchalant like i was watching a uh, rig rundown with steve Earle and his yeah. band and he goes uh he was talking about uh his uh somebody on his crew were uh, one of his guitar techs like yeah yeah such and such as that uh was uh gonna come out for this day but you know he uh, he tested positive so so uh, we can't take any chances and yada yada. It's just so nonchalant and just normal at this point. Yeah. But tours are still rolling and shit like that, even with uh, all of that going on. Well, and I think the nonchalantness comes from, you know, the 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 research and history of, you know, after you get the vaccine, even if you catch it, you know, you're at a much smaller risk of actually dying from the fucking thing. But, so, so I think that's why kind of people are looking at it a bit more lackadaisical because they're like okay the big death risk is over the contagious risk is still there but the big death risk to a point is gone so that's why even like when paul and gene caught covid there wasn't like this big you know oh my god oh my god oh my god there was a lot of well wishes take care of yourself we'll see you in a few weeks kind of mentality and then 10 days later they're both just fine yeah so it's like and uh and uh with light machines uh one of the bands they were touring with pop evil Mm -hmm. uh pop evil uh had to cancel some dates early on in the run because uh the singer caught it so it's like it's just it's gonna be unavoidable and it's like i've i've got my shit but i've not caught it this entire time either but it's like it's yeah <laughs> but it's like it's still one of those where it's like you, you still never know but pe- people aren't looking at it as such a what you got it's more of a hey stay away and keep yourself good yeah. all right yeah. all right yeah, it's more like oh man yeah yeah it was more or less a bummed out thing than like a what <laughs> i'm gonna go see bad religion when they come to town real bad though i want to i just don't know if i can if I can get some other cash tip lined up first, I can't justify spending money on a ticket like that right now. That See, kind of thing. At the time of our recording, Jared James Nichols is uh, playing at Neighborhood Theater, but Blackstone Cherry is headlining, so I'm just kind of like, Meh. you want to pay back Blackstone prices? No, for- <laughs> not for Jared. Yeah, and just walk out after Jared James Nichols. <laughs> yeah, actually, my main chance to see Social Distortion uh, was when they were on tour with uh, Foo Fighters. And I was like, I'm not paying Foo Fighters prices for Social Distortion. That's cool, though. You know at least like three I Foo Fighters songs was, that you like. I was more of a Foo Fighters hater back then. Yeah. <laughs> That'd make this, this, this was like when I was like 18, 19. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. That, whoops, shit. How long ago was that? That'd been a cool ass tour. That, that was a while ago, but I remember that being uh, within the first couple years I moved to Charlotte uh, because I 
there was the uh, the time it used to be the Time Warner Cable Arena, now the Spectrum Center Arena. Yeah. Uh, that's right across the street from the bus center, like literally across the street. So it's like I would look at the billboards that would cycle through as I'm sitting here waiting for my bus, and I just remember one day seeing a billboard pop up for Foo Fighters on Social Distortion. I was like. <laughs> but yeah, if you're gonna go see Social D, go see a headlining show. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. Thinking back on that, actually, I was yeah, nineteen, twenty, somewhere in that area. I know I wasn't twenty-one yet. Yeah, so, but yeah, that's like the one show that's going on this year that I'm like, all right, I'm gonna fo- fork up the dough for this, yeah. especially in a post-pandemic. I say post-pandemic, even though we're technically still, in it, but still. As, as close as we can get right now, post-non-concert world. Yes, <laughs> a post-concert world. Yeah, yeah, because like I missed. Well, I wasn't gonna go see Kiss. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Rolling Stones. I think I forget what I was doing. I think I was playing that Thursday, and then same thing with Alice Cooper. Yeah, they were both on Thursdays. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and and you know, hey, did you hear? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I, I love seeing the uh, Mick Jagger uh, Thirsty Beaver. What fuck. Mick Jagger was at Thirsty Beaver, man? Dude, dude. Nirvana <laughs> played the Milestone. Did you, did you hear about that? Oh my god. <laughs> it is the new Nirvana played the milestone. It really is. So can we just not have something cool? I know, I know, I know. But yeah, no, I, it, it would have that. It would have been cool to see the Rolling Stones show. But it's like a part of me is semi annoyed. Like I wouldn't have made it over there anyway. But a part of me like really hit like a bit of FOMO because I'm sitting here going like. I was I was like attempted to go out that night and just like hang out in the neighborhood anyway just to see if I knew anyone just to see if anything was going on but I still was just like yeah, 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 I did meet up with a buddy of mine over at fucking Tommy's pub and then I hit him up the next day going like fuck we should have gone to Thirsty Beaver tonight <laughs> I last <know>. night dude <laughs> and I'm like sitting here I'm like I wouldn't have made it down to Thirsty Beaver it's like so it's like I still wouldn't have like run across him but like it was still the mental thing of like damn it. I was almost in the neighborhood the same time fucking McJack. But we wouldn't was. have said shit to him. I don't know, man. I don't know. If, if well, like, like for instance, like when we were uh, when we were in Atlanta recording, and uh, you guys saw we um, saw Killer Mike from Run the Jewels. Yeah. We were pretty sure it was Killer Mike. <laughs> yeah, looking back on now, I'm pretty sure it was Killer Mike too. It's not that far fetched for no. to be Killer Mike in Atlanta. In Atlanta, not yeah. in the vortex, because like Mikey just kind of looked at me, going like, "Is that?" killer mike i'm like i'm pretty sure it is because i'm pretty sure that's how i would have been i would have been uh, thirsty beat or uh yeah thirsty beaver i'd have been like is that mick jack but see that's when the story would have changed i don't care about that rapper even though i'm not the biggest rolling stones fan it's mick fucking jagger i would have walked up to him and at least shook in his hand but i, I wouldn't have punished him i wouldn't have tried talking with him and i'm been like you're Mick Jagger, aren't you? Yeah, and just see what his reaction is. And of course, just judge his reaction there. Like, if he was being real quiet and being like, you know, like, yeah, I'd be like, well, dude, hey, thank you for everything you do. And just give him a quick little handshake and be on with it. But if he kind of turned around, smiled, and kind of played along, I would have, you know, read the room, read the moment. Exactly. But it's like, in no way would I have punished him. But good God, I would, I would have. I would have fucking if he would have started talking with me. I would have sat down with a fucking beer. But I don't the, care. But, I would have talked to him. I would have too. But there was like a, there was nobody. You didn't hear any stories about anybody like you know trying to like talk to him or like you know try to be a fanboy in front of him. And even though I'm sure there were two motherfuckers that were there with floor seats. Not realizing he was there. Oh, dude, th- there was an article posted later on, and good fun. Like no one was being rude about it, but like someone like did like a deep dive into the photo. 
Yeah. And then reached out to the Thirsty Beaver and said, do you recognize any of these patrons in the photo? And they were like, yes, okay, like a couple of these are our regulars. It's like, hang out at this time, you might be able to talk to them. They started, this person talked to the people that were there that night. And they're like, in this photo, you were looking right at him. Did you realize that was Mick Jagger? They're like, no, no, we didn't. And, And like one person at the bar, like you said, had tickets that night yep. and didn't even recognize or the for the next night and didn't even recognize them it also makes me think of like uh, that same weekend we went and recorded uh we saw uh brent hines from mastodon at a show tuck was playing and he was just he was a part of the opening band and he was just hanging out you know just you know being one of the you know just it's like going to the milestone and like say, seeing a bunch of locals there brent hines was kind of like among the people and i had i had to go say hi to him i'm a mastodon fan oh dude and and the crazy thing was is uh the girl i'll seen at the time she met me down there um and we got a hotel because we were just going to spend the next day just kind of hanging out i shit you not motherfucker was at our hotel even though he lives i don't know what his deal is he's at a hotel but he lives in atlanta i don't know what his deal is i don't know but it's like it was one of those situations where um i can't remember if it was that night Uh, yeah it was it was the night we were checking in uh, it was uh, close to downtown and uh, we kind of had to get in we parked in the parking garage below the hotel we had to get in the hotel go up and then once you get out of the elevator it's like the really big lobby XYZ and there's like the concession stand to the right and off to the right I see this dude with a mask on and he's like fiddle, and he's like pulling out his wallet about to pay for like some coffee or you know, something at the, uh, at the stand and I noticed his hand tattoo yeah and I looked at the hand tattoo and it's like, and I look straight up and motherfuckers like in a ball cap. He's got like a, I see like a white beard poking out from the bottom. Like, no, (laughs) no, 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 no. So it's like, we get upstairs, we get all settled in everything. I'm like, hold on one second. It's like, I didn't even say anything in the moment. Like I'm just holding it in. I'm just like, no, no, it couldn't be. So it's like, I pull up Mastodon's fucking Instagram as soon as I get up there and I'm scrolling through and I find him. And it's like, I find a guitar photo with, with that right tattoo. hand. And I'm like, that's the fucking, t- what the fuck? And I was like, babe, look. I was like, this dude is like in the lobby right now. And she's like, who? And I had to go through the whole thing. I was like, we just saw him like a couple days ago at the show. And now he's actually here, but he's part of this bigger like metal band. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I gave him, I think I gave him a, I I kind of, I didn't freeze, but I couldn't say much other than a good set man in so many words. (laughs) I mean, no, it was, it, it just weighed me out though because it's just again I'm not a Mastodon fan so I didn't, wasn't a being fanboy or anything but it's just like one of those weird moments of like wait he's a famous dude and like why is he here <laughs> that kind of thing <laughs> I wanted to say something like one of the Starbenders members that night because they were all hanging out too I, well see that's what I had to do yeah. <laughs> I, I had to say something to them <laughs> yeah hopefully I'll be seeing them at uh, some point as I know they're playing Nashville during uh, after Thanksgiving that's my goal at least mm-hmm. yeah and uh, if I can get a couple things worked out I'd like to go out and do that. I just I can't do that purely for a pleasure thing. If I can, if I can get a few other things worked out, I'll end up making it out. But no, it, and actually, kind of what you were saying when you were saying, you know, like musical bucket list, something you had to get done is like, you know, you need to see Bad Religion. You know, is your mm-hmm. little thing. I think also part of the reason I'm a little bit more okay with like not doing the Bad Religion thing is like the one thing I swore I wasn't going to do. 
I'm actually kind of doing. <laughs> what are you doing? But we're doing the Kiss Cruise at the end of the month. I mean, <laughs> you, get to, you get to see Black and Blue. You get to see... Wait, <laughs> I, I, fuck, they are playing. Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, shit. Okay, I actually need to dig into the catalog a little bit. Let's see. I'm trying to think of like the lineup for the Kiss Cruise. It's like, I'll folks, pull it up real be... quick because I, I, I actually completely forgot because, again, I've just been so mentally focused on It's like, you know, I'm there for Tuck because yeah, he's playing. Yeah, you've got a whole lineup of fucking like... Uh, uh, of killer, but it's like I've been so. The very least. But it's like I've been so tunnel visioned on it because I'm just like it's Tuck and Kiss Cruise. That's what I'm there for. That kind of thing. That it's just like, oh yeah, there are a bunch of other. Oh performances. yeah, Kiss is on this cruise. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, we got Nick Perry. Uh, he's buddies with Tuck. That'd be um, cool. Uh, Lilac. Uh, Jared James Nichols. Jared James Nichols, best guitar player that's out there right now, as far as playing blues. Mm-hmm. In my uh, opinion. The, the Talisman, which I'm, oh, that's fucking Ace Frehley's backup band. Oh no shit. That's what that band is. Okay, cool. And then uh, Tuck Smith's billing, and then Black and Blue. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Kulick, he'll be there again. Oh, tight. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Bach. Oh boy. <laughs> and uh, Queensrÿche. Queensrÿche, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, so honestly, just out of those, I'd be interested in seeing Nick Perry because Tuck just talked him up a good bit. I hear he's a good guitarist, and I've seen like videos and stuff, so I'm I'm sure that'll be fun guitar porn night watching yeah, that. It's, that's all going to be guitar porn night yeah. between Tommy Thayer, Bruce Kulick, Jared James, Nichols, mm-hmm. Nick Perry. And, uh, and and the same thing we've talked about on No Time to Turn, the other Something Good Network podcast, and something we've even talked about on here. It's like, as a Kiss fan, I have to be on about him being in the Ace Frehley makeup, but it's like, Tommy really is a good guitarist it's just hard for me to like him as the spaceman so it's like so it's, yeah. I, i'm if i've already see, seen him though as a kiss i have well yeah i've seen this lineup technically kiss before so it's like i know what to expect and he is a good guitar he is a solid guitar player and like seeing him play other shit like i've seen him play uh, schools out with um uh alice, alice cooper. cooper and fucking killed it he, he plays great he is a t- very talented guitar player but it doesn't have the ace freely vibe like when ace freely plays you know all these leads he's got rings on his fingers that are clanking against the strings it's like if i uh, it's like if um somebody played when somebody plays eddie, else plays eddie van halen licks or like when somebody else plays angus young riffs mm-hmm. it's just a different vibe altogether it's all in the hands it is and yes and, and from all accounts from literally Everyone I've ta- or talked to that has known him, or like I've heard interviews, and even Ace himself has said Tommy's a great dude. Yeah. So it's like I can never take that away from the guy. <laughs> it's just one of those things that's tricky as a fan, you know. Yeah. But no, I, I, I honestly, I'm kind of stoked to see what Bruce is going to do. I think that would be like the one I'd be more excited about than the yeah. rest. That would be Bruce. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So now, like, actually, because again, I'm also one of those people that like. I've not thought about the cruise at all until like, this is the most thought I've put into actually going. Cause again, I'm one of those people and we just went through a lot of this recently where I try not to get excited about something until it's about to happen. Yeah. Because something usually goes wrong Mm -hmm. and it's rarely from my own fucking doing. But anyway, it's usually plans fall through where something happens. So a lot of times I'll get excited about something and then it falls through. Yeah. So it's like, this is something that I can be very excited about. So I'm trying to not be excited about it because every time I get excited about something, something happens. <laughs> <laughs> so actually kind of like really sitting here and thinking, like, yeah, 
I'm really uh, interested in seeing what Bruce's band is going to do, but I'm also curious to see what the Talisman are going to do. I know it because I don't know much about them outside of uh, you know what they do with Gene or Ace, you know, because I think they're like a they're all part of a cover band called Rock and Roll Residency mm-hmm. as well in Nashville. So all, these are all Nashville guys too, the Talisman. And I've not heard of Lilac. I haven't either. Yeah, and um, then you know what we're going to get with Sebastian Bach. We are the youth guard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just play the hits, Sebastian. You'll be fine. Yeah, and then Queens Right. Uh, that, that was an era of rock that's and a, metal I was never interested in. That's like in. the odd man out in that lineup. It is. That's like the one like a uh, very shreddy power metal uh, group that's on the bill. But uh, I'm actually kind of curious to see how many times these bands are going to play because uh, Tuck was saying he's scheduled for three performances. That's interesting. All mm-hmm. right. I know I know. Kiss is doing a couple performances. Yeah. But, uh, but and Tuck it and, you know, first on the bill or anything, he's kind of in the middle. So if, if he's playing a couple sets, I wonder how many sets everyone else is playing too. So hmm. hopefully there'll be chances to be able to catch everyone. I'm sure the people watching on a Kiss cruise is going to be fucking awesome awesome <laughs> oh yeah and, and, and the and the thing is it's like i've listened to enough like kiss podcasts to kind of know how the kiss cruises go down it's like you only get ticket to one kiss show because of the capacity and this that and the other fair enough but then it's like it's sometimes the fun thing of like well what show do you pick do you pick night one do you pick night two because they sometimes play different songs on of night course two. they are <laughs> shit like that so it's like you know do you want to be part of the night one crowd or the night two crowd you know shit like that you mean i miss paul stanley doing that's uh, not you belong to me fuck <laughs> You mean his track skipped? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I got to be good. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. (laughs) I can't wait this podcast gets you kicked off the cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I said nice things about Tommy. Let me on. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to feel like fucking uh, Eric Andre at the fence. Let me in. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) You get a write off. I will not make fun of Paul Stan. It's like Bart Simpson. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and it's the same thing as like, you know, it, it's the same reason why I give you shit. It's the same reason I give Mikey shit. It's all in good fun. Exactly. <laughs> Covering my we, ass. We, yeah. we actually have a sense of humor. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, if I get the chance to fucking meet Paul, I'm not going to be like, why do you sing the tracks? It's going to be like, no. it's going to be like, dude, it's great to finally meet you. You know, if, if I meet Tommy, I'm not going to be like, why are you in Spaceman makeup? You know, it's going to be like, dude, it's great to meet you. You're a good guitarist. You know, it's like I'm going to find every positive to say if I get the chance to even. I doubt the motherfuckers are even going to be visible. No. It's, it's COVID times on a boat. Exactly. I doubt they're going to be walking around. No. <laughs> but if they are, which they did the past few times, if I so happen to bump into one of them, I'm not going to say any of that shit. You're, of course, going to be fucking nice and everything else. And so no, it's just, I'm, I'm going to be good. <laughs> I feel like Eric Singer would be the most fun to talk to because he seems to be the one that would be like the most he vocal. He seems the most real sh- out of every interview I've seen. He always seems to be the one that like Gene kind of sides on being like, you can kind of shut up a little bit now. <laughs> Eric kind of has that like tone. It's like, it's like no, fuck you. <laughs> well, and I think also in a, like a buddy, buddy kind of way where like Tommy kind of has like that employee kind of like mm-hmm. Vibe. Well, I can't. Well, I can't tell. Well, I mean, way, he, he he definitely has that a little bit from the interviews I've seen because, well, I mean, he even in recent terms, he's like, I'm, I forget what interview it was, but he said, uh, "I'm the new guy going on 15 years, something yeah. like that." Kind of tongue in cheek about it, Eric. I think he has a little bit more vinegar in his system. Because he's been there longer or has a bit more history with them. Yes, and he already went through a bit of band drama with Carnival of Souls. Right. So he's already shown his teeth 
and been welcomed back. So I think he just feels very comfortable in his position and just kind of a, I'm Eric fucking Slayer. What the fuck about it? You yeah. know, that, that's, that's basically his attitude. And we, we the, the Kiss conspiracy nerds can go all day. Is Gene and Paul directing them to kind of have more of a New York, you know, tough attitude because that's what Peter had? Fuck off. That's so <laughs> fucking stupid. That's the same people that say they've told Eric to dumb down in his drumming. <laughs> it's like, no, God forbid he's actually playing to the style they want and they don't want him overplaying classic 70 sounding songs god forbid yeah really (laughs) no it'll be fun though i'm excited for you no it it should be it should be fun it should be fun it's just it's gonna be interesting though it's gonna be very hopefully you don't hate kiss by the time that cruise is over with (laughs) i know i'm not gonna it's not gonna have been since my early early teens that i've had like this much concentrated kiss yeah like i'll go through spurts like i'll go through like a week where it's like all week i'm just like in a really big kiss mood for the week and it's like you know the videos i look up online or you know concerts you know and i'm digging back into records i hadn't listened to for a while but it's like after that week's over it's like you know i'll kind of do a little bit more of a mix but i'll do the same thing with the ramones i'll get into a heavy ramones kick for a week where all i want to listen to is the ramones I've not been so tunnel visioned on Kiss like this though, where like all I would consume was Kiss, whether you want it or not on yeah. this cruise. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be a basically a full week of like nothing but. So it's, it's, it's gonna be interesting to see if I get Kiss fatigue after after this is all said and done with. Because be- I didn't get it when I was in New York. Because I intentionally put on like Ace's solo record, Paul's solo record, and Dynasty. As I've always had this theory that like those records are the most New York sounding records Kiss has, even though like half of it was recorded in L.A. It's more added. It's more attitude and personality seeping through onto the records than where it was recorded. Yeah. And yeah, so it's like I didn't get sick of them and that's like all I listened to the entire time I was there, you know, even like when I was doing my walking, I was like, I'm going to do the bullshit thing and put on New York Groove while I'm walking. <laughs> that was me in Detroit a few years ago, just like nothing but Stooges and MC5 and all that but, shit. But it fit. It felt mm-hmm. like it felt local almost, where it's like, you know, you listen to a North Carolina band, there's something that kind of feels North Carolina about it. You know, it's like you listen to a Tennessee band, you can kind of feel something Tennessee about it. Listening to these bands in their states you really do kind of get more of a feel and be like, okay, I really do feel the Stooges. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I think that's kind of what made me a little bit more of a fan of Cheap Trick was seeing Cheap Trick in Wisconsin and in in their home little triangle and kind of feeling the area that the music created. It helped me understand it a little bit more and it made me a little bit more of a fan at the end of the day. Same thing with me with, uh, you know, Alice Cooper's always associated with Detroit and we saw him over there too and that was kind of like the big drawing point of going to Detroit too was seeing Alice Cooper See, I love that. But like on top of that too was MC5 and, uh, you know, Stooges or, you know, Ann Arbor or whatever, but still Michigan. We did like Mm -hmm. the whole Michigan tour and that was the whole part of the experience too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I fully believe that, you know, listening to a band's catalog in their home area just does kind of connect you to it a little bit closer. So yeah, my, my overall theory I've had for over the last five years that those three records feel very New York. Yeah. They felt New York to me. I'll just, I'll just see if I'll be curious to know if I'll be wanting to listen to them after I get off this boat. (laughs) That'll that'll be the overarch. You should be listening to nothing 
but Ace Freely the whole time. <laughs> he won't be there. <laughs> no, no, no time to turn is on an indefinite hiatus because <laughs> if, if this band. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so yeah, that should be fun, and and that's and again, that, that's also a reason why we just kind of wanted to wait to do an episode. It's like even the back half of this was us, you know, being braggy about you know about our shit. But it's fun. Like, but at the same time, we were able to finally condense it down to the point of it being part of the narrative of everything else we've got going on. Exactly. Hey, what do you know? It's entertainment, motherfuckers. It's not just motherfuckers sitting down in front of a microphone. There has to be a little bit of a message. <laughs> Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? And with that message, I guess we'll dig on into our Spotify playlist and figure out what the hell we've been listening to. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Captain, uh, what have you been listening to? Well, Lucifer's got a new record coming out, and uh, they've been pumping uh, three singles in the meantime here in the last few months. My favorite being Bring Me His Head that came out a couple months ago. That was the second single they released. And uh, it kind of sounds like uh, Old Rush. Okay. It's really? Dip- yeah, it's not like the heavy Sabbathy, uh, do- uh, heavy Sabbathy uh, thing that they uh, normally do with their pianos. It's more pianos. progressive. It's a little bit, not even that more progressive. Like, think about with Rush, when they when they could rock out and write simple songs, they would crush it. Right. And with uh, the singer, the, the, with their uh, Nick Anderson's wife's uh, vocal delivery, it mm-hmm. kind of has that, you know, mid-rangey, high-pitched, Getty Lee tone anyway. I can see that. I can see that. Thinking back on, you know, the previous catalog stuff, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of has like a straightforward, you know, three-chord kind of like a, uh, you know, Skippy riff thing like dun 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 dun. Okay, dun, that kind of deal. It's like it's like oh okay, this sounds like something that would be on the first couple of Rush records. Even though you know Nick Anderson doesn't do any Neil Peart stuff or anything right. like that, but you know they kind of they have to be Rush fans. They had a T-shirt uh, for the longest time that would uh, had uh, it was a baseball tee that. Uh, had the Lucifer logo in the first album I Rush font. I remember that now. Yes, I remember that. And uh, that's probably my favorite one. And they put out a new single uh, a week or so ago called Crucifix. That's really good too. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're a fan of like you know Black Sabbath, Blue Oyster Cold, or like first early Rush, whatever, I definitely suggest Lucifer's catalog in general. But you know, hearing these two singles on top of the first one they put out, that was kind of like, yeah, sounded like a, a B version of Electric Funeral by Black Sabbath. Ah, uh, okay, but. It's still, nonetheless, I'm still excited about this record because they've been consistent with their work over the past few years, and I want them to tour the states again. They were supposed to go out on this. Uh, uh, the last re- they put out their uh, third record uh, right as lockdown was going on oh, too, God. so they didn't get to tour off of that at all. But they just oh yeah, I remember that now because that was one of your lockdown records you got. You're like, well, at least one- I got this Lucifer record. Yeah, that was one of my <laughs> lockdown records. But you know, they're starting their uh, Nick and uh, his wife are just you know kind of setting up their own uh, in-house label to put out their own uh, you know pressing plant deal and their kind of thing too. So they're just kind of taking- done right. You got to do it yourself. And, yeah, <laughs> you, ain't lying. You, you ain't lying. And speaking on that, uh, honorable mention for the other shit we've been listening to uh the biters material is back online finally yes i don't know the when where's or how's of how it happened but all of a sudden i log into instagram one day and i see you tuck and like all our friends talking about it and i'm like oh shit so it's like of course been revisiting that the entire time od and on uh, the future ain't what it used to be so so what would be your your track from future ain't what it used to be Ooh. Mm. 
Let's see, I love I love Gypsy Rose. It's such a good song. But I think uh, I think uh, let it let it roll so good. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold Love. You know, there's, every <laughs> every song has its own flavor that I really like. But I think uh, the sneaky good track for me lately has been uh, "Don't Let Don't Let This Good Heart Go Bad" or uh, "Don't Make mm-hmm. This Good Heart Bad." Yeah, don't turn this good heart. Don't in. turn this good heart bad. No, I've I've always liked that one. Uh, honestly, the one on that record I've been uh, revisiting a lot more lately is uh, "Calling You Home." I really like the groove on that. Yeah, but "Electric Blood" I think was always my favorite Biters record, and. Dreams Don't Die. It's such a good fucking song. I even had the message to the fucker. I was just like, dude, I forgot how much I love this song. And it's like, and he even agreed. He's like, yeah, that was always one of my favorites from the record. I don't know. Just something about that song just really hits. Like the lyrics, everything. It's so, so it's so real. Because that was one that I would play like on repeat when I was at my, like, my fucking like, I mean, my low point, you know, mm-hmm. years ago too. Yeah. Well, then what's it say that I can constantly relate to it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, so, you know, honorable mentioned the two biters records featuring what it used to be in electric blood are back on spotify apple music youtube music all that crap so give it some spins give it some love it's some shit that should have been on there from the start fucking earache yeah you done right you do it yourself this band <laughs> that band should have been so big yeah so fucking big and then uh but my actual what I've been listening to, uh, one of the uh, new bands I was listening, uh, got turned on to in the van on the last ride with Tuck and them was uh, Heavy Metal Kids. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> what um, a great band. Yeah. And when you look it up on Spotify, you're going to get really fucking confused because they are not heavy metal. Um, the record I'm going to suggest says it came out in 2009 when I think it came out in like 74. Yeah. And the album cover looks nothing like the rest of their discography. So it looks like it's going to be like some weird avant-garde poetry type stuff, but it's not. It's just straight glam rock. And it it's not like rock and roll. Like you're not going to put it on, you know, and start, you know, speeding down the road listening to it. It's, it's definitely vibe music. It's definitely of the time 70s groove kind of rock and roll With all of the kind of like sweet style vocals oh yeah and the, and there's you know weird little moments where you know it's like the band may drop off and it's just keys you know or like piano for a little bit and you know some weird you know uh high vocal range you know shit so you know there, there's weird little 70s shit throughout it but honestly if you want a good intro song and i think it's their most played uh when you go to the band page uh but it's the song delirious yeah to me uh, that is the kind of the outlier of their catalog there's a few other songs that are kind of have that attitude but there's nothing else really in their catalog that's quite like that song and i love it i think it's fucking fantastic you might hear us cover it later (laughs) i love it that much but no i think it's great and it's the same reasons why i like calling you home and i calling you home kind of has that you know exhausted vibe but you know still keeping it alive dreams don't die you know Mm -hmm. you're fucking tired but you know it's keeping going delirious kind of comes at it from the different angle everyone fucking hates me yeah you know it's like instead of it being you know oh woe is me it's a little bit more owning up to you know someone up above hates me someone doesn't like me no one fucking understands me what the fuck ever i'm just delirious you know it's more tongue-in-cheek you know like oh yeah yeah blah 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 and you flip it with some like upbeat music behind it and you get a killer song out oh of it. yeah so no i and again another song i kind of relate to i'm sitting here i'm like yeah everyone hates me what the fuck ever <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so uh, just as a quick little recap, if you guys have stuck around this long, that means you actually do like the sound of our voice. And if you like the sound of our voices, that means you probably like our music. So click that link. 
in the episode description and please vote for us on the Queen City Nerd yes. Best of the Nest thing. It really wouldn't mean a lot to us if uh, for one of the few things we get nominated for locally, we actually win. <laughs> you yep. know, it's like sh- show them why you nominated us in the first place what? and didn't tell us or send us an email or let us know that you you found out because one of your friends yeah. found out because they were just filling it out in general. Shout out to <laughs> Melissa. She actually has been listening to the podcast. Hey, thank you, Melissa. Yeah, so so your, your friend had to tell you about it and then you told us about it. So it's like... And even one of our guitar friends, he got nominated and he yeah. didn't even know. So that, that they've been picking some of our buddies. Like we, we just, we didn't know. So we, we're kind of behind the eight ball letting motherfuckers know. So we're trying to do our best what here. Do we, yeah, really. What do we win? I don't know. <laughs> Bragging, bragging rights, rights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again it, it, we're, we're just honored to be nominated in the first place but um winning would just be awesome and that's the reason why it's even part of it so yeah that's all i really gotta say about it cap do you have a fucking outro for us to quote the rizza if you're going to uh make it in this music business you got to beat the label <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash somethinggoodnetwork.